And we realized that Samella's dream and vision and what she saw did come true and did manifest. But the glory behind it, if you want to know anything about glory, it was God who was always present, preparing us for this. But we didn't know what we were being prepared for. Hello and welcome to episode three, War Angel, in our series, In the Heart of God. This podcast is dedicated to our veterans as we celebrate Veterans Day, November 11. We are combining Veterans Day with our segment on dreams, visions, and thoughts. Today, we will be hearing from Apostle Charles Wright, who will share his experience with three dreams, one concerning his sister, Samella, her son and his nephew, Xavier Johnson, nicknamed Dickie, and his own experience. These all relate to Apostle Charles' time in Vietnam. He served in the U.S. Army from August 3, 1966 to August 2, 1968. He was an infantry medic. He was in Vietnam in 1967. He was awarded the Bronze Star with the V device and the Purple Heart. He also received the Vietnam Service Campaign Medal and the Campaign National Defense Medal. Now, let's go to Apostle Charles. Apostle Charles, we are so happy that you're here to share your experiences of your dreams and visions when you served in Vietnam. Where shall we get started? Well, let me say this, Stephanie. Uh, I'm glad, too. I'm still here. Thank God. And it's good to have God as your backup for any person who has experienced any kind of uh, time while in service, military service especially, and especially during times of combat. Uh, before arriving in Vietnam or even being sent to Vietnam, my older sister uh, had a dream the Lord showed her, and she did tell me and her son, she was my older sister, and her son, Xavier, she told both of us about her dream. And in the dream, this is what she saw. She said to us that she saw both of us together returning back to the United States on a train, on the same train, but we both were in the same pine box or casket. However, that was in December of 1966. By January 1967, I was in Vietnam and approximately a week or two later, my nephew Xavier, he arrived in Vietnam also. We were separated in different companies, but we were in the same infantry division, the 25th Tropic Lightning. My first experience with uh, dreams, visions, or thoughts that came from God to help me understand or expect and prepare me for combat took place in the month of March. I had been there in the country for almost two months, but then in March, somewhere in March, I had a very vulgar dream before we were sent uh, on a search and destroy mission. From that dream, I knew we would go into combat. We were sent on the search and destroy mission. And uh, those gentlemen or men or soldiers who were part of my company, uh, we were attached to another company, but in the same battalion, uh, the Manchu battalion. I can say it like that. But anyway... That first mission, then uh, no one was killed in the combat that was a part of my company or part of my squadron. Well, in fact, 
<clears throat> your entire service, no one was ever killed. The entire time you were in Vietnam, nobody was ever killed that was uh, in, in, in your company. Is exactly, that- yeah. The, uh, no, and if I was with them, that was the key. I noticed that. That was a strange part about it, that if I was with um, a particular company, uh, I was in two uh, particular companies, Company B, Company C, 4th of the 9th uh, Infantry, Manchu. And we would still go into combat with other uh, companies or sometimes other uh, different kinds of other infantry units. For example, an infantry unit that would we, call, we called it the mechanized infantry. But we ourselves were straight, pure ground pounders. But yes, any company that I was at- associated with, either B or A, we would have injuries, but no one died. No one died. Anyway, and we had a nickname. They called us, especially in Company A, they called us the lucky company. But anyway, the first two or three combats that I saw, someone in a different company did get killed. So I saw a trend there. I said, my God, every time I look around, and if we're going to be in combat, uh, even with association with another company, um, someone would get killed if I say, if I saw that dream. Now, there are cases where I've had that dream and no one would get killed, but we would get busted up pretty badly. And uh, that was the kind of dream that I had when I myself got injured along with 17 other guys. Now, at this point, let's talk about the binding of dreams, because that's what we've been talking about with our listeners these past many episodes. At that time, did you know about binding dreams? No. um, At that time, I didn't know anything about how to intercede and pray to prevent things from happening that would bring uh, pain and sorrow and injury to people, and especially going into combat. I mean, I just didn't know anything about that, and I don't think God wanted me to know anything about it, because if I did know anything about it, I believe that God would have not let it happen, but I didn't know at that time. Now, let's talk about your nephew, mm-hmm. Xavier. Let's talk about his experience with his vision. Before his vision uh, happened or his encounter took place, I had already had several combat experiences. In 1967, March the 26th was a Sunday, and that year, Easter Sunday, came on March the 26th, 1967. Xavier was separate from myself. He was in another group, like I said earlier. Even though we were in the same infantry division, which was the 25th Tropic Lightning Division, his encounter took place in uh, March, where he went to a chapel there in our major base camp at Coochie, Vietnam. He wrote home about it. He didn't tell me about this encounter. He wrote the family and told them back in the States about his encounter. His experience was that he and a friend of his went to chapel to pray. And while they were at chapel praying, Xavier heard a voice speak, and he didn't quite understand what was said, but he heard a voice. And he turned to his friend and asked him if he heard a voice or if he heard a sound or something. And his friend said, no, he did not. So Xavier continued to pray. And after he prayed, he heard the voice again. And he didn't know what to do except to get up. And he wanted to get up. He said then in his letter to the family back in the States, he said that he tried to move his body, but he could not move his body. Now imagine this. There was nothing wrong with Xavier's body. He was a very strapping uh, 18-year-old. Nothing wrong with him. He had done... He had 
trained as an infantryman. He had also trained as a, a paratrooper. He's jumped out of airplanes and things like that. So there's nothing wrong with his body, except that at this moment in time in his life, he could not move. And then when he realized he couldn't move, he heard the voice again there at that chapel. And he said he looked up to see where was this voice coming from. And he looked over in the corner of the chapel. I believe it was in, he said he looked in the corner and he saw an angel. And what the angel told him was this, you are fighting your destiny. Now, now here, let me ask. Now, Dickie didn't know, or Xavier didn't know the Lord before he went to Vietnam. Is that correct? Yeah, that's true. Xavier didn't know the Lord. Uh, he wasn't saved before he went to Vietnam. But I really believe in my heart that things, something happened to Xavier after he had that encounter with the angel. And I can tell you uh, about it uh, just a little bit later because that was March the 26th when he was in the chapel and had that encounter with an angel. Then... One week later, I'm in a separate location. One week later was Sunday, another Sunday, but it was the Sunday, April 2nd. I was in combat with a, a group of guys. And before we went into that combat, that was on a Sunday, a Sunday afternoon, uh, April the 2nd, 1967. I and uh, the other guys that I was uh, in my squadron, platoon and things like that, we were taking a nap and sleeping in the afternoon and we were awakened by our commanders and told we were going to go on another search and destroy mission, which was common. We, we did that all the time. So while I was asleep, though, the Lord let me see another vulgar dream that was my, his way of letting me know I was going to be in, we were going to be in combat. So at this time, when I woke up, and we were packing up. We used to use the term saddle up. And we were saddling up, not horses, but taking our packs and stuff and weapons and oh, radio and, 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 and aid bags and things like that and water canteens and stuff. And we were getting ready to leave because we weren't going alone. We were not going to walk to our destination. This time we were attached to a mechanized infantry uh, unit. What we that uh, drove what we call personnel carriers. They're like tanks, but they're not tanks. They're just personnel carriers. And so we were loaded up into the personnel carriers and making all that noise. And you military guys, you know what that sounds like. It attracts the enemy. You're making noise, making through the bush and stuff. But anyway, when I told when I woke up from the dream, I told the guys before we were attached to this uh, mechanized infantry unit. I told the guys, I said, "Man, I had another dream." And so they got upset with me and told me. Uh, we don't want to know. We don't want to know. They didn't want me to explain anything to them because they just didn't like the idea of being in combat, especially when somebody might get killed. But again, no one who was attached to me or I was attached to them, whether it was a company or whether it was a platoon or a squadron. If I was there, by the grace of God, no one got killed. We got shot up, blown up, not blown to death, but blown up, things like that. Anyway. So that was the day that I had my experience in combat that was uh, deathly for me. We went into the place that we were supposed to. We arrived there un and got out, for, got out of the APCs, armored personnel carriers, and began to spread out and, and work out what we call search and destroy, looking for weapons that might, weapon caches that might be buried and things like that, and trying to find out where the enemy was and so forth and so on. But then someone tripped a booby trap grenade. Uh, once it, that happened, the guy was, uh, had shrapnel in his body and stuff. And so I, I, he was, he was with my group and he wasn't killed. He was just wounded. And so I went to patch him up and everything. So immediately we tried to evacuate through what we call medevacs. 
and helicopters uh, with the Red Cross on it. So the helicopter came in, and while the helicopter was coming in, we were making sure that everything was going to be secure. Uh, different guys would shoot what they call a reconnaissance fire, things like that. But the helicopter gave away our position once we uh, it landed to pick this one wounded warrior up. So upon him being loaded up, and I'm standing there, and then I stood up. We were standing up, getting ready to move out, as we say. Uh, as the helicopter began to uh, take flight, it gave away our position, and so a mortar round was sent in. And so when that mortar round came in and several others, the very first one that came in on us, before it hit the ground, as the helicopter was taken off with this one wounded guy, I spoke to the platoon that I was associated with. And I told the guys, I say, hey, guys, before the day is over, there will not be much left of the third and I started to say the word platoon, but I never got the word platoon out of my mouth because suddenly there was this big explosion. And when this explosion took place, I found myself blown into the air. I remember while I was sailing in the air and I know I had to be 10 to 15 feet above ground because I heard myself scream in pain. My head went back. My helmet, I, I knew that my helmet came off of my head as well as my A bag came off of my arm. And while all of this was happening, it happened so fast. It was so surreal. It, could, it was unbelievable. At the same time, I heard myself scream, but I didn't know it was me until I realized at some point it's me. And the truth, the truth is this, of all things, I thought the first thing that came to my mind was while in midair was Jesus has returned. Of course, Jesus hadn't returned. And I blacked out while I was in midair because I don't remember hitting the ground. So that was my experience with a, a dream that God was letting us know. Now, I didn't get killed, but someone and no one in my platoon got killed. No one in my we got wounded. We had 17 guys to get wounded. So the dream that you had was true. did actually come to pass. It did. It came to pass. Thank God that no one was killed. And uh uh, 17, 18 of us total was injured, but no one died. And then what happened after after that concerning uh, your nephew, Xavier? Okay, so all of that happened with me on April 2nd. I was recovering from my injury and surgery. Uh, I wasn't able to go into combat. They, they wouldn't send me out in the field because uh, of my injuries, but I was working in a dispensary. So... Xavier didn't know that I had been injured. I didn't know that Xavier has had an encounter with an angel until May, around the 1st of May. And we got together, celebrated my birthday, along with uh, some other of his friends. And Xavier, I noticed he was different. I noticed he had changed. He didn't want to be around us. He, he literally would leave us uh, in what we would call the hooch and would go to the perimeter there at our base camp in Coochie. And volunteer to be out on the perimeter for a perimeter guard. I would ask the other guys about it, and they, they, they couldn't explain what was going on either. But Xavier actually literally uh, separated himself from us a great deal. I suppose and believe that he was seeking God, knowing that he was fighting his destiny, and he knew what that meant better than anybody because I didn't know, and uh, I really felt like I was just, I just didn't have any idea what was going on. Now, that was during the month of May. I did visit there with him and his friends, hopefully, you know, like before. But no, he would pull away from us. Anyway, <clears throat> at the end of May, two months after Xavier's 
encounter of March the 26th, there was a huge, big uh, uh, combat and battle going on, maybe four or five miles outside of our base camp. And guys were being called up all over Coochie, gathering together, helicopters going out. What we and, and, and all kind of stuff was happening. Artillery rounds were shooting, and it was at night, and um, I couldn't go anywhere. But they were uh, taking our guys from my unit and sending them out there too. But they wouldn't send me because I was still trying to recover from my wounds. So that night, all I could do was just sit there and listen to all this commotion going on about four or five miles away. You could see it. You could see explosions taking place. You could hear them come. Artillery rounds being sent out. You could hear helicopters going out. You saw. You could just see all this stuff. It looked like a, 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 well, it was combat. Anyway, it was at night and you could just see lights lighting up the skies in the dark and stuff. Anyway, I, I, I couldn't do anything. So I went to sleep. And while I'm sleeping, I had a premonition that somebody that I knew, let me put it like that, might get hurt. Now, the first person I thought of was another medic who was uh, uh, like me, but he was from another state. I knew him. I liked him. And I knew he was out there. So, you know, but I didn't know Xavier was out there. And this this premonition that you're talking about, it was that this premonition that you're talking about, it wasn't vulgar. like No, no, it was just concern or really concern and probably it's some anxiety because I knew guys were out there that I knew. I was I couldn't help it. I, I just knew guys were out there, but I didn't know Xavier was one of them. Anyway, um. It took about two weeks. I hadn't got a chance. And I, you know, and I would think about Xavier, but I, I, we couldn't always get together. And two weeks later, after May, May the 26th, uh, my commander came to me and told me my nephew had been killed in action during that time, and um, along with other guys, and uh, that the family wanted me to come home and to escort his body back to the United States. And so this is where we have your sister Sam's dream. And how it came about. Is right. That right. Yeah. Yeah. This is the way it happened. I didn't I didn't volunteer to do this, but the family wanted me to escort Xavier's body back to the United States for his memorial service. Now, when the when I was told that he was KIA, KIA on March on May uh, 26, of course, you know, I broke down. I cried and, and I grieved and everything, but I had to pack up. And so that's what I did. I packed up. And uh, they, my commander told me, he said, well, his body is already in uh, uh, the mortuary back at Travis Air Force Base. And that I was supposed to meet up with his remains there at Travis and then escort his body on the same aircraft back to St. Louis. However, Xavier, his remains were in the cargo bay. I was a passenger uh, in the um, where passengers sat uh, on the air, air, aircraft. When we arrived in St. Louis, um, I had to be sure that everything was in proper order. And it was later that we understood my sister's dream. No, we didn't come back together in the same pine box on a train, but we did come back together in the same airplane instead of a train. And we realized that Samella's dream and vision and what she saw did come true and did manifest. But the glory behind it, if you want to know anything about glory, it was God who was always present, preparing us for this. But we didn't know what we were being prepared for. 
I know in my heart Xavier passed away with Jesus as his friend. I do believe that when we went over there together uh, at different times in different locations, but nevertheless, not a coincidence, but providence that we were joined together and I was to be a witness to his salvation. Amen. And so, you know, I think that this is um, probably a pattern in your family, sort of, because we have, uh, you know, this, this, uh, I think it's a gift in your family, these dreams and visions, because you have all three of you having this experience. And we can tell our listeners that there is a, a, a previous episode in this series where Apostle Charles shares his experience with seeing an angel. So we would encourage wow, you to yeah. go back and listen to, um, I believe that's the, that is the, the first um, podcast. But thank you so much, Apostle Charles, for sharing that. And we want to remind everyone to please um, remember to honor our veterans yeah. on this coming um, 11th and through all of next week. I'm sure they will be celebrating. And uh, just remember to tell them to thank them for their service. And not just next week, throughout the year, yeah. always, because it's a wonderful thing that they do. So thank you, Apostle Charles. Would you have any closing remarks? Yeah, I'd like to say to our listeners that we'll pray with you and pray for you. Uh, but uh, be honorable for those who served, uh, because if we didn't have veterans, we wouldn't have a United States. If we didn't have veterans, we wouldn't have the Congress. We wouldn't have anything. We wouldn't exist. Amen. We would not even exist. But see, seek God first. I thank God for some of the founders of this nation uh, and those who left Europe and those who left England, who came here to the United States to help establish the freedom to serve God. So I say to you, seek ye the Lord and his kingdom and good things will be added to you. And God will speak to you in dreams, visions and thoughts. Listen closely. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Till next time. Now stay with us and Apostle Charles will come back with closing information and contact information. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you. Charles George Missions is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. All donations are tax deductible. Donations may be made through our website, cgmissions.com.